Talk of the Town is a public service program produced by Midwest Family Springfield, airing Sunday morning on 92.7 WMAY, 98.7 WNNS, 97.7 WQLZ, and 102.5 The Lake. The mission of the show is to provide you with new information on the great organizations and great people in the Springfield area who work hard to make things easier for others throughout our community and to make Springfield a better place to live. The intent of this program is to be timely, topical, to entertain, and to inform. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is, of course, Talk of the Town. And this is your host, Trent Nelson. Such a pleasure to have you with us. And what a roster of thoughtful intellectuals. We had the president and CEO of the Springfield Segment Growth Alliance. His name is, of course, Ryan McCready. And he joined us for our biweekly conversation concerning the state of Springfield, of the city of Springfield, of its finances, of its business community. Always a wonderful discussion with him we had Cinda Klickna representing uh, the Sangamon County Historical Society as the president of that institution. You have heard her on our programs before. She's also the president of the Dana Thomas House Foundation. We did not speak upon that, however. She'll be back to speak on that in just a few weeks. The Sangamon County Historical Society has a whole bevy of events and uh, great bits that you can learn about. Cindy Clickno is always a pleasure to listen to, and she gave us the entire rundown, it seemed. You'll have to stay tuned for all of that. So get ready, sit back and relax, grab yourself a coffee, some pancakes, little waffles, nice eggs, because this is Talk of the Town, and this is your host, Trent Nelson. Let's go! Talk of the town, Trent Nelson. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What a wonderful morning it is to once again discuss really what's going on across our community from a business, monetary, economic standpoint. We have our wonderful friend. His name is Ryan McCready. He is the president and CEO of the Springfield Segment Growth Alliance. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Trent. Well, the pleasure is always all ours. You know that I look forward to these discussions. No one else talks to me about economic policy like you do, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that are glad to get a break from me for a while, I'm sure. Let me come in here. So, If we're the excuse to get you out of the office, then we'll take it, sir. Sir, as you know, you obviously keep your eyes and ears peeled all across the community each week as best you can. You're a busy man, so we forgive any lapses. We are also not perfect. Of course, the water rate hikes, that's a, a problem we touched upon a circumstance, I should say, that we touched upon, a problem for many, <laughs> a circumstance yeah. for all, uh, that we touched upon in our last discussion. Uh, but in the time since, uh, we have been given a bit more information as per exactly why these water rate hikes are being proposed, why they're deemed excruciatingly necessary at this point. And a great deal of it is to secure our safe drinking water through right. lead water lines. What can you tell us about about sort of the lay of the land as it regards this circumstance as, as we have it right now? Sure. Well, my understanding is that the rates have not been changed since 2011. So I think everybody would agree that, that uh, that's not the, the best way to handle uh, rates for utilities. You'd like to see some more regular increasings, but that, that is what it is. That's, that's a, you can't turn back the clock. What happened and what typically happens when you don't have structured rate increases, 
for utility and infrastructure is you start to get deferred maintenance. And deferred maintenance rears its ugly head in ways that are basically emergency repairs that are very costly without much time notice. They never happen at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday. They always happen at 2 p.m. on a Sunday or, or you know, whenever that, whenever it's going to fail. So that, that's a problem. From the business community perspective, having reliable and affordable water, having reliable and affordable utilities of any kind are very important. What also helps the business community a lot is they have some they have some predictability to what the rates might be. So I think a lot of us could agree that over the last 12 years, we've probably uh, subsidized or paid less for water than what we should have. But also, you know, it's, it's difficult for businesses to make an adjustment of a large increase in one year. So what uh, we hope that the city of Springfield can do is come up with more of a long-term rate model for, for, the, for the adjustments. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the proposed increases. I don't have any, I don't have any intel on that, but um, we will continue to chat with the city staff. I, I'm sensitive to the situation they're dealing with. They have a water fund that's, uh, my understanding, needs the revenue. They have deferred maintenance. They need to replace lead water lines. I understand all that. But like most public infrastructure systems, the bulk of the system is funded through commercial industrial use. They're your really, really big users that are using a lot. Um, and so it's, it's uh, we'll just keep having those conversations and keep an eye on it and see where it goes. Of course, uh, there are, you can understand and see plainly and clearly each side of this discussion because on the one hand we need to maintain our infrastructure and of course once this all is settled as you alluded to in uh, not so uncertain terms a rate model year or after year has to be created and and thus maintained because of course the public likely could have dealt with modest 2% rate increases over the last 16 years 32 years, uh, and we might have been somewhat closer than we are right now. So uh, yeah. it's it's tragic. But as you noted, we can't turn back time. If I could turn back time, <laughs> well, I would for this one purpose. That's uh, right. But, you know, this really brings us to the next natural uh, discussion, logistics and distribution. Why mm-hmm. is that connected to our last discussion? Well, because when we have proper logistics set up uh, and we know our circumstance, we know the procedures, we have a plan of action, as it were, a consistent plan of action, we don't perhaps get saddled with mass rate increases because we've been taking care of our infrastructure. We've been uh, mindful. Now, of course, sir, we do not have any major logistics and distribution groups with us. Is that correct? Yeah, we have some, but I wouldn't say we have a large-scale logistics distribution center at at this point. Well, and sir, to that point, we've heard over the last four years, right, the COVID era brought in uh, the term into the vernacular, supply chain. Okay. (laughs) Now everybody knows what a supply chain is. Now- How does Springfield's location in Illinois, as well as in the country, how does this uh, work to our advantage for any perspectives uh, who might be looking to set up shop here and be part of the supply chain? Right. So one of the big attractive advantages uh, Springfield has is a potential destination for logistics and distribution centers. Uh, A couple undeniable facts about Springfield and central Illinois is that You can reach more people in a one-day truck drive, one-day legal truck drive, from Springfield than you can from Chicago. Now, most people will be surprised to hear that. But if you think about if you draw a radius around Chicago of how far you can get in a one-day truck drive, and it's not 
not counting in traffic delays, things like that. Let's just do a legit 10-hour day and how far you can get out of Springfield. What you realize is when you come down to Springfield, you pick up a lot more large population areas south of Springfield and, and to the southwest. That's a big advantage for our community. Second, we're located at the intersections of Interstate 55 and Interstate 72. That allows you to go east and west and north and south on good interstates and connect with other major interstates also, picking up Interstate 57 and Champaign and, and those things. So, Boone, second thing is obviously we're at that intersection. Third is our community has five Class 1 railroads. So, a Class 1 are the big railroads, the Long Hauls, the Norfolk Southerns, the CNs, the BNSF, the UP, you know, the big ones that go all across the country. It's really unusual to have five Class 1 railroads in our community. And we're in the middle of this rail relocation, which is going to improve the efficiency, most of all, the safety of rail traffic through our community. So there's another factual check mark in our column that works for us. So we are beginning to get interest from warehousing logistic opportunities here, and we're actively marketing that out to the community. When it comes from a workforce perspective, we have a great driver training program at Lincoln Land Community College. They just got a $5 million grant from the U.S. EDA to expand that program to develop more drivers. And so I think what I think people should expect to see in the coming year, some warehousing and logistics developments happening here in Springfield. And that is really interesting stuff to hear. Uh, I'm sure many of our listeners, like this host himself, did not know a whole bevy of those facts, so we appreciate the education. Sure. Now, one of the things, sir, before we get to commercial break, and then uh, we'd love to come back and talk to you more about the January job numbers, if you'll have us. Absolutely. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One thing I would like to say, however, is that one of the things that I have found most attractive since I moved here about 13 months ago, 14 months ago, is how the city does a really good job of, for the most part, keeping many of the larger chains on the outskirts of the city itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, not something you get in very many places. Uh, cities allow big places to come into the middle of the area, and then they like dominate the area in so many ways. But this community has such a beautiful and vibrant small business development culture. Right. And it's a very important part of having a high-quality community. Exactly, but it's been preserved through proper policy ideas. Sure. Uh, and it, that doesn't mean that we can't bring in larger groups, but everyone has their place, right? Right. It's, it's really impressive. Sir, we're going to get right back in a hot second. If you'll hang out with us here on Talk of the Town, Trent Nelson, we will catch you in a hot second. And we are returned here on Talk of the Town Trent Nelson. We have had a wonderful time thus far speaking with our great friend. He's the president and CEO of the Springfield Segment Growth Alliance. His name is Ryan McCready. And we have laughs. We have information. We have discussion. <laughs> what don't we have? That's right. Uh, it's it's something huh. special. And he's a busy gentleman. And we really appreciate his time always coming down here to hang out with us at least twice a month. But before we go, we have to talk about the job reports, sir, the January right. job numbers. Uh, we were talking about it off air. We were supposed to have a recession at least four years ago. Uh, <laughs> and then three years ago, and then two years ago, and then this year, we were definitely getting one. And yet, sir, the January job numbers look real good, don't they? Boy, they look great for our community. And our community actually is an outlier in a positive way when it comes to these job numbers. So like you said, there's been a lot of talk about a recession coming in the last several years. I think you liked my line that uh, economists have predicted 10 of the last three recessions. Absolutely. So, that yeah, one had yeah, me giggling. Yeah, that's right. But uh, <laughs> I, when you when you look at the economy, I always encourage people to look at it like, a da- like the dashboard of your car. Every 
indicators important, but what's most important is how they all go together. For example, you can have a full tank of gas, but no coolant. That's not going to be great. And you have to have all those things kind of going in the right direction. So when it comes to the economy, one of the things we really watch, surprisingly, is not unemployment rate, but the number of jobs in the community. That's the most important thing because we want to see more people working and living here. When we look at our jobs report that came in for January, the Springfield area has about 1,900 more people actually employed than we did a year ago. So think about that back to 2023, back when we were, I think we all felt like we've really bounced back from from the pandemic. And uh, so maybe job things have leveled off. We heard some of this national concern about recessions. We heard all these things. What I can tell you is in Springfield, people are getting up and going to work still. And I think we had one of the highest percentage increases in working people across the entire state. We did. Area. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw that data as well. It was very impressive. It is. And, and the Midwestern work ethics are a real thing and it's alive and well in here. The other item we watch is wages. So if you have more people going to work, but they're getting paid less, that's not necessarily a great thing for the That economy. doesn't matter very much right, relative right, to right. the whole circum- the dashboard, as you said. That's right. And so we know the other number that's measured by the Bureau of Labor Statistics is the average hourly wage at a private employer. Now it's up about 23% in our community since before the pandemic. Right now, the average hourly wage at a private employer is about $30.45 an hour in Springfield, and it's virtually level off from last year. And, and that's a good thing because we saw some dramatic increases, so there has to be that balance between between the supply and the cost of labor for the business community. So we're kind of seeing those two things kind of come together. So we're glad it went up, but we're also glad it's kind of leveling off right now. Well, much like climbing a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. When we climb mountains, not that I'm a big mountain climber, but I've read a couple books on the topic. <laughs> um, base camps are a real thing, right? right. We go up they a certain are. amount yep. and then we chill out for a bit and then we yep. go up a bit more. And we want to be doing that consistently and to uh, kind of mix the, the 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 two stories. We don't want to hang out at base camp for too long. Right. That's right. right. But we we want to keep climbing that mountain steadily and yeah. um no, it's like you said, sir, it is fantastic to see Springfield is a town where everyone is trying to, as I say, boogie. Everyone's trying yep. to get stuff done. Right. And when you hear the other newspapers around the state, the other publications, the other radio stations, when you hear everyone else talking about Springfield's high numbers, right? That, right. that is a testament to our collective and individual community members. And we're grateful well, for them. It is. And businesses that are here now and businesses that are thinking about coming here measure that. They look at that number. They want to know that number. They ask me that number when I go to conferences. Is your workforce bouncing back from the pandemic? Yeah, mine's up by almost 2%. They're astounded when they hear that. And they know these are not my numbers. These are the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics number. Another indicator we watch closely that's not talked about is the average hours per week that are worked at private employers in your economy. Another hour that's tracked. Because what you'll see is when you're headed into a recession, you'll see that number start to dwindle down a little bit because businesses tend to maybe cut back on hours a little bit, trying to avoid layoffs. That's a pre-recession session indicator. That's been staying steady, as you said, at base camp. Uh, That's been staying steady also. Uh, I've watched that nationally too, and so I'm not seeing that dip down right now. So I'm hoping the monetary policy that they did to kind of ease on the brakes, raise the interest rates, Inflation is, is leveling up. Hopefully, we're going to be we've, – we've settled down. Take the, the bouncing ball has settled down, so to speak. Well, that is wonderful to hear. Of course, we, as you noted, sir, so often uh, companies will try to be proactive to sort of cut off a recession. And yet, uh, unfortunately, the truth of the matter is uh, the micro function of laying a person off affects them economically. And, of course, we all know where that ends up. Uh, sir – Will you come back and hang out with us again yeah. in a couple of weeks, talk more about all of this wonderful information, the in- innovations, uh, positive and negative going on across the community? 
I'm happy to. Thanks for having me on. Oh, the pleasure is always all ours. Ryan McCready, the president and CEO of the Springfield Segment Growth Alliance. Uh, we just enjoyed a fascinating chat with him, as always, here on Talk of the Town with Trent Nelson. Go out and enjoy all of the beauty that Springfield has and enjoy everything that we have built together. Talk of the town here with Trent Nelson. Good morning. We have another lovely set of uh, discussions for you today. And of course, this being one of my favorites, we have a a frequent flyer of our program. She's the president of the Dana Thomas House Foundation and the Sangamon County Historical Society. Her name is Cindy Click. Now, we are only speaking, however, today about the Sangamon County Historical Society. You'll just have to be teased to know that there is some Dana Thomas House Foundation information on the precipice, but we are not yet at liberty to discuss it. That's a good way to make sure that you pay attention to our programs. Good morning, President Cindy Klickna. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Well, you know we love to have you, President Klickna, because we love to highlight the really important cultural aspects of our community. And you spend so much of your time ensuring that this is this is so, and we appreciate that. First of all, we hope that you've had a lovely uh, new year, holiday season into our new year. Yes, great. Thank uh, you. Absolutely, our pleasure. But we would really love to discuss what's been going on with the Sangamon County Historical Society and also what can the folks expect from it in these upcoming weeks and, and months. Wonderful. Well, the Sangamon County Historical Society offers so many things. We have programs every month that I'd like to tell you about, but we also work a lot in connecting people to history. Sangamon County history. We get phone calls from people all over the country looking for information about their family that came from here, their genealogy. We've had a call looking to donate things to us. Unfortunately, we don't really take in materials, but we try to connect people to a place that might. So, for instance, we had someone call who had pictures of Rachel Lindsay's family, and we were able to connect her. But our programs are every month, the third Tuesday of each month. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about each one coming up, if that's okay. Oh, we, we love when you give us the information. Our listeners love it. Of course, so many people, uh, and this is just a quick interlude, so many people are interested in the things that are going around the community, the history of the community, stuff of that nature. They just might not know what's happening or that it's going on. We're living our lives. We're not paying attention all the time. So we need your information, right. President Klickner. Please, the floor is yours. Well, it's interesting how many people really come to our programs. As was seen in January, a cold, really bitter cold night, and we had over 50 people show up at the library for our presentation. Wow. These, these programs, almost all of them are held at the public library from 5.30 to 6.30 or 7. So in February, we're going to have Sarah Adams, who is the curator of Edwards Place, which is the huge, beautiful mansion that is part of the uh, Springfield Art Association now. And this house was the home of Benjamin Edwards. Now, he was the son of Governor Ninian Edwards, and Governor's wife was named Elizabeth, and she was the sister of Mary Todd Lincoln. So Mary Todd and Lincoln were often at that house. So Sarah is going to talk about the house, the history, and the people who lived in that area. 
the parties that went on there, it was the social place. So that's in February. In March, we are bringing in Curtis Mann, who's a historian, recently retired from the Sangamon Valley Collection. And he is going to talk about a man named Edward Morse, who kept a diary, which was very unusual in the 1850s. He had a diary while he was living here in 1858. He talks about the weather, but he also talks about his work as a store clerk, and then later in that year, he began traveling across Illinois as a salesman selling medicine. So Curtis has done a lot of research on this man and is going to present that. Now in April, we're hoping to hold the meeting at the first black firehouse. Many people don't even realize. It is a beautiful firehouse. And if you ever have the chance to take the Illinois Department of Natural Resources bike tour, uh, you will see it in all of its glory and splendor. And they do a really remarkable job of highlighting the figures in our history that have been overshadowed because of prejudices or biases or things of that nature. Please, President Click, I do not mean to interrupt you. No, that's fine. Well, this was built in 1902 for African-Americans who wanted to be firemen. And it was firehouse number five. There's a historical marker in the front of it, which actually the Sangman Historical Society helped pay for. And it reads that this was the first firehouse to answer the alarm to extinguish the homes and businesses of black citizens that were torched by angry white mobs during the 1908 race riot. It's located on East Adams, and it's been a Masonic lodge, but it's being restored. And they're bringing in items that tell the history of it. But the ceiling, and there's a trap door that once had that brass pole that the firemen would slide down. And some of the walls are original to the building, and it's going to be fixed up, and they're raising money. So that should be an interesting program, talking about what happened there and the history of that. Super fascinating stuff and it's certainly worth going down, supporting, okay, but also uh, go and visit some of this history. You don't need to go on a tour, although they are wonderful with the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. You can explore the city yourself and there's so many wonderful things to explore and uh, we're going to get to a few more of them with President Klickner. She still has time for us after this quick commercial break. Are you down, Cinda? I'm I'm still ready to tell you more. There we go. Perfect. We will be right back here on Talk of the Town with your host, Trent Nelson. Let's talk with your host, Trent R. Nelson, and we'll catch you in just a second. Talk of the Town here with Trent Nelson, and we are, of course, back with our wonderful friend. She's the president of the Sangamon County Historical Society, as well as the Dana Thomas House Foundation. Her name is President Cinda Klickna. She's hanging out with us today concerning only one of the many hats that she wears. We're talking Sangamon County Historical Society innovations across the coming weeks and months, and we just spoke about the first Black Firehouse in Springfield, over on East Adams, you can go see it. It is really beautiful and uh, will make you think, as well as some other get-togethers over at Edwards Place. And just a lot going on, President Klickna. But from what I understand, there's even more going on. Tell yeah. us more. So, as I said, our programs are the third Tuesday of each month, most of the time at the public library. But now in May, we're going to be at the African American Museum, and we're going to focus on Underground Railroad conductors who were African-American. I don't think people realize that that was a huge part of the Underground Railroad, that it wasn't just white people who were helping, but a lot of 
African-Americans. And several are buried at Oak Ridge Cemetery. So we are going to present information. We even have a couple who will be portrayed by an actor. And it will be held at the African-American Museum, which is right at the entrance into Oak Ridge Cemetery. Yes, it is a absolutely brilliant and wonderful museum. During this Black History Month, we all encourage the community to go down there and learn a bit about our collective history. Black history is all of our history, uh, just as American history is is everyone's history as well. It hasn't always been the greatest, but it certainly is always worth knowing and understanding. And to your point, President Klickna, the term Underground Railroad, it creates a fuzzy picture in people's minds because the term railroad is really used in that context in the same way that we would use uh, perhaps the the term highway today, right? An information highway is what the internet is. The Underground Railroad is called that because it is a quicker means of moving people from slavery to freedom. It is the railroad from enslavement to freedom. And so certainly you're correct in that so many famous but also nameless folks contributed to the freedom of so many in our country, and we're so grateful for that. Before we let you go, what else can the people enjoy over the coming months? Let me just add about one of the men who had been an underground railroad conductor, African-American, was actually lynched during the 1908 race riots. So here he was helping, and that's how he ended. But... Oak Ridge Cemetery is always what we feature, and this time it's going to be September 29th. We always have our cemetery walk, and we have actors portraying different people who are buried at the cemetery who made a difference. And this year, we are focusing on two areas that are next to each other, Jewish and African American. And I think that's going to have a huge draw because they were some amazing people who really were founders of some things here in Springfield that I think people will like. And then let me just also add about Sangamon Link, which is our online historical, you can look up people and events. It will be 10 years old this June, so we're celebrating that. We have an editor who posts you know, different articles about people and events and things that happened here. Again, that is an amazing resource for people. And we have up to 14,000 hits every month from people all, actually all over the world who are looking for different history, that they're connected here in some way. And they call, they write, they post more. And so that's one of the things that we also offer. As a member of the Historical Society, you get a monthly newsletter, updates, the programs are free. So I just encourage people to embrace our history become a member of the same kind of historical society, and come to our programs. And President Clickton, before we let you go, we appreciate so much your thorough rundown of all of the wonderful things that people are going to get to enjoy over the next uh, six to eight months as it concerns the Sangamon County Historical Society. Where online can you give us the address where people can find, uh, they can subscribe, they can become members, they can pay their dues, and they can enjoy all of these wonderful right. innovations a, you're talking about? We have a great website, and just Google Sangamon County Historical Society. That's the, probably the easiest, and everything's there, even our past programs. We're right now going to be accepting applications for grants. We help with historical places. 
And so that's coming up. So just check us out. You're here first, folks. Just check them out. They are doing absolutely brilliant and wonderful things. The Sangamon County Historical Society, as is their president, Cindy Klickna, who we are always so thrilled to have join us here on Talk of the Town with your host, Trent Nelson. President Klickna, will you come back down in maybe a month or so and we can talk about the Dana Thomas House Foundation, too? I would love that because we're planning a huge event April 13th. You're going to love what I have to say about that. Teaser alert. Teaser alert. We're okay with it. Our whistles are wet and we are ready to learn a bit more, but we'll have to do it in several weeks' time. President Klickner, thank you so much. Thank you, Trent. I always enjoy coming here. That is very kind, and we are humbled by those kind words. Have a wonderful one. Talk of the town here with Trent Nelson. Go out and embrace the history of the county that we live in, Sangamon County. Embrace the past because surely it will teach us a bit about our present and surely what our future holds as well. Thanks for listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back next Sunday morning. Talk of the Town is a public service of Midwest Family Springfield. If you have any questions about today's program or previous programs, contact the show at MidwestFamilySPI.com slash Talk of the Town or call Midwest Family Springfield at 217-629-7077. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now, cancer research is saving lives. Cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to new discoveries and new treatments. And ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. The V Foundation has the skill, the speed, and the strength to achieve victory over cancer. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at V.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. 